Welcome to WCGO 1590 AM. This is the Darian America Show. If you decide to want to chime in or have something to say, you can always call me at area code 877-711-5611, or you can join the Facebook Smart Show, Smart Talk. I can't talk right now. Smart Talk Chicago, y'all. This is the Darian America Show. I am fired up to be here. Man, it is a beautiful Saturday afternoon. I got my producer with me, Drew Breeze, the cool breeze. What's up, Drew? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantastic, sir, and I am so happy to be here. So I want to throw this out there, man, right away. We got a Super Bowl champion, man, the Kansas City Chiefs from Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> Not Kansas City, Kansas, but those are our Super Bowl champs. Man, it was, you know what, I, I, have a, I feel a certain type of way about the Super Bowl now. See, considering the fact that the past 10 years I've been working in clubs and lounges and I've really kind of been pulled away from sporting events, even though, you know, I played baseball in my day. I did semi-pro. I did collegiate. And, of course, I had that passion to play football, but I ain't want to get knocked out too many times. And I got knocked out one good time, and that was it for me. I was like, y'all can keep this. But we got Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's good to see somebody else win. I mean, geez, Brady and company, I'm so glad they didn't get far in the playoffs this year. Just wanted to see somebody different. But I'll be honest with you. The game itself, it kind of was, to me, it was boring. I didn't like the game. I mean, I feel better about watching the Chiefs and the 49ers play during the season because the Super Bowl, they put all this pomp and circumstance around it. I mean, they got Demi Lovato singing the national anthem, which, okay, look, the national anthem is, hey, that's our song, okay? I stand behind the national anthem. Hey, America, love it or leave it. But I don't think it really needs to be a part of our sporting events. We turned it into that. You know, we make the national anthem be this great thing, and Demi Lovato has to do it. I mean, Whitney Houston, she put, man, <laughs> Whitney sang that song. I really don't want to hear anybody else sing it outside of Whitney. She killed it so good. But that has nothing to do. How do you kill something so good? <laughs> Any event, that has nothing to do with the game. And the game itself, they put so much stuff on it. You got all these old dudes. They, I, mean, I did love that commercial, though, where you had the little guy. He was running the ball, and then he kind of started running through the streets, and he was juking everybody. And then he took a hit from an old lady and fumbled the ball, and he stopped in front of the Pat Tillman statue and, you know, had old old guys from, from the days of the league chasing him. And then he comes running out on the field to give the referee the ball. I thought that was cool. You know, I, I appreciate some cinematography like that. I thought that was cool. But the game itself... Eh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes really didn't have a good game, but the man played his tail off all season. He didn't do everything we wanted to see Patrick Mahomes do. But I was happy to see somebody else do it besides Tom Brady. So, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, congratulations. Good job, man. I mean, I'm not the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan in the world. I used to be down back in the day with, man, Tecmo Bowl, and you had to try to tackle Christian Okoye and Barry Word. Them dudes, you bounce all over the place trying to tackle them. It was crazy trying to stop them dudes, but I'm glad somebody else won. I'm glad Andy Reid finally got his trophy. I mean, I thought he should have got it with Donovan McNabb and the Eagles. You know, I mean, they were in the championship game almost every year, and it just it didn't work out. But something else that blew me about the uh, Super Bowl, why people were so angry at the halftime show. And let's be honest, have we had a, a halftime show that nobody complained about since the wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> now, some of us who are Janet Jackson fans, 
I wasn't mad at Justin Timberlake. I mean, they planned to do that, and it it was tasteful. I mean, she was dressed from neck to ankles, and then they snatched a little patch off, and whoo, shuggy-ducky quack-quack. Mm-hmm. But then you had J-Lo and Shakira doing their thing, and people were getting mad about them. Number one, let me say this. J-Lo is 50 years old. Man, J-Lo is 50. But at the same time, <laughs> J-Lo is 50. And even though she looked incredible, and I'm not mad at her dancing on a pole, man. She wasn't stripping and they weren't throwing dollar bills at her. I mean, that pole dancing is a part of American culture now. Women use that to exercise. I don't necessarily want to see the dudes getting on a pole. <laughs> Brothers, we got a whole bunch of other ways to exercise, but... She looked good, and the show's done tastefully, but she is 50 years old. And some of her moves, man, she looked like a 50-year-old woman trying to pull off some of these moves. J-Lo been doing it for a long time. Shakira is 43, and she looked 43. I mean, but physically, they looked incredible. But I'm 44, and I've been killing myself in the gym since August, no, it was August the 21st of last year. <laughs> And right now, I am in excruciating pain because I'm trying to recapture the Fountain of Youth. And I don't look like J-Lo or Shakira. So I'm not upset with them. And I thought they did a good show, but they are, she's 50. You know, and all the dancers around them are like 25. <laughs> and it looks like the dancers around them are 25 and they're 50. But they did put on a good show. I was entertained. I'm just not a big J-Lo fan. So I don't know her music like that. And then Shakira, you know, I don't know her music like that. So, of course, I'm not going to watch it with the same bias as a Shakira fan or a J-Lo fan. But it was nice to look at them. <laughs> you got an opinion on that, man. Give me a call at 877-711-5611 or chime in on the Facebook page. The Super Bowl bothered me because it was boring. And I didn't like the game. And then Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs pulled it out, you know, last three plays of the game or whatever. And it, it just, it really didn't capture me like I wanted it to. Super Bowl ain't the same. I think they need to kind of scale back on some of that pomp and circumstance for it and do remember that we are coming together to watch the game. Man, people are waiting on the commercials, man. Oh, I hate commercials. Who wants to sit for the commercials? But that's what the Super Bowl is. See, that's kind of why I have more of appreciation for NBA and Major League Baseball. They, they got a series, man. It's best four out of seven. So just because you won the first game don't mean that you're going to win them all. Unless you the Bulls. Well, the old 96 Bulls. These Bulls now, <laughs> yeah, they're Bull, all right. And I can add four more letters to <laughs> the end of what they've been playing like. But Super Bowl just don't do it for me anymore. It's, eh, it's hit or miss. But something that did kind of strike me as interesting for the Super Bowl, Eric Bieniemy. he is the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, we had a few changes in coaches this year. The Giants got a new coach. The, the Browns definitely needed a new coach. So we had about, I think it was four coaches that ended up changing over. Eric Bieniemy didn't get one of those positions. So why do I single him out? Well, Eric Bieniemy used to be the running back for the San Diego Chargers back in the day. But he is an African-American coach. And I can't help but come back to this conclusion. Why can't? African-Americans really gain head coaching positions. I mean, we got two right now, Anthony Lynn, and, and uh, they're not San Diego anymore. They are L.A. and Mike Tomlin. But, man, you mean to tell me that 
okay, we got the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule says, yeah, well, you have to interview African-American coaches for the position. I know Marvin Lewis interviewed in Dallas and then uh, Holmgren, not Holmgren, the Packers old coach. You know I really don't care about Green Bay anyway, so their old coach is now the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And Marvin Lewis did get a chance to interview for that position. But ultimately, we knew Marvin Lewis wasn't going to get hired because, I mean, he did the same thing Jason Garrett did. He went to the playoffs like, I don't know, eight times out of 15 years and couldn't get past the first round. So, yeah, I'm sure Dallas didn't want that anymore. I just don't understand why it's such a big deal that dark-skinned people, and that's all it is, is skin. I mean, if you stripped our skin off, we all the same on the inside. They can't not get prominent positions in the NFL. I mean, come on, man. At least I'm, we're starting to see that African-Americans are being picked to play quarterback. That's a good thing. You know, I, I truly don't believe it matters what color your skin is if you can play the game. You know, but these boys that are quarterbacking, I mean, Pat Mahomes, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, they're doing their thing. So, hey, I just wanted to definitely say congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, Missouri. And if you know what I'm talking about about that, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So congratulations to them. And I hope that, you know, they, they got the celebration on. And next year, the Chicago Bears will be there. But we did have Patrick Mahomes on the radar, right? And we took Mitch Trubisky. Mm, okay. <laughs> but what state are we covering today? You know, we'll get into that, and we're going to do a few things today. I just I, I want to be informative today. And if you have any opinions, questions, concerns, or comments, you can always call in at 877-711-5611 or join me on my Facebook page, Daring America, or the WCGO page. Let's talk about some stuff, man. I do want to address this thing that's going on with Gail and Oprah and Snoop and all of that. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that when we come back. It's Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go. Welcome back to the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. If you'd like to chime in, please give me a call at 877-711-5611. This is the Darian America Show. Ooh, Drew Brees came back in with that Shakira, man. Them hips don't lie. That lady can move. I don't care what nobody say. I didn't really have a problem with the Super Bowl halftime show, but I don't really watch it. I mean, that's when you're getting your snacks, you're going for your beer run and all that stuff. But people made, like, way, way too much of them being scantily clad and them dancing on pole. Girl, you better work. Shoot. All right. <laughs> Me compose myself. Mm, mm, mm. All right. So I did want to touch on this uh, situation with Gail King and the Kobe Bryant tragic, tragic passing, him and his daughter Gigi. I mean, that still don't feel like right, man. I mean, Kobe ain't here no more. That's crazy. He was one of those, you know, you thought you was going to see Kobe until like the end of time, 80 plus years, man, in a tragic, tragic accident where I personally think they should throw all helicopters away. That's just not a good way to travel for me. You can make, you know, a reason or rationale about what's so good about a helicopter, but uh, nah, I don't like them. I think the the I don't know the engineering on them is just too too suspect. You just never know. So let's find something else to do. Let's keep practicing or try find a better way to make them. This wasn't Kobe's helicopter, his personal helicopter. He was using a helicopter that ugh, came from the state of Illinois. Bruce Rauner got rid of it. Mm. 
that don't that don't sit well with me being a being from Illinois. But the issue that I'm kind of having with this, and we all are, is there's so many things you could have talked about with Kobe. And she, Gail King, was interviewing Lisa Leslie, Hall of Fame WNBA basketball player, and she was friends with Kobe Bryant. I mean, she played for the LA Sparks. I mean, come on, Lisa was dunking. <laughs> I mean, as fine as she is, she get up on you and yam on you, man. I love Lisa Leslie. But Gail King chose some questionable questioning where she brought up the allegation, the, the rape allegation against Kobe Bryant. Okay. Sometimes you got to say things out loud. Yes, Kobe was accused of being inappropriate with a woman. And I'm telling you like this, I don't care what the circumstance is. You don't abuse women. I just don't believe in that. So I've been doing this for, I'll be 45 in July and I've never been accused of abusing a woman. But that still doesn't say that Kobe did it. I mean, hey, the lady accused him and she had some questionable issues and I'm not about to address the things that she had going on in her life when these allegations came up. But was this really appropriate or the appropriate time for Gail to ask the hard-hitting questions of, does this taint his legacy? And then she was talking to Lisa Leslie, and I think maybe because Lisa is a female, she thought that she needed to address this with her. But I'm going to say this out loud. It was done in poor taste. And I am a part of the media. I mean, it is what it is. I am a part of the media. I am with WCGO, and I represent WCGO when I go out to events. I think she could have picked a better time. And this thing is really, it's causing a rift in the African-American community. I mean, Snoop Dogg, if you haven't heard Snoop's <laughs> opinion of this, whew, Snoop went ham on Gail. And he was trying to hold himself back. But Snoop is Snoop. He's from Compton, man. I mean, nope, he's from Long Beach. Let me get it right. I don't want to accuse Snoop of being from somewhere, but that still gives you no, no reason or no excuse to be how you are. But Snoop was touched, and a lot of people were touched. They're like, man, this dude ain't even... We haven't even had the memorial service for Kobe, and they're going to do it February the 24th, 2-24. You know, 2 was his daughter's number, 24 was his number. I think that's fitting. But I still don't believe that that, that should have been the, the line of questioning that Gail King took. If you have a question or you want to chime in on that, by all means, you can call me at 877-711-5611 and express how you feel about Gail talking to Lisa Leslie about Kobe staining his legacy. And then, it I mean, Snoop went ham. You need to go on YouTube and find, we ain't playing it on the Darien America show, but Snoop went off on her. And a lot of people have. You know, Oprah came to her defense and she's saying that she's getting death threats and you know, people are mad at Gail, and this may blow over. Of course it's going to blow over. And I don't think anybody's going to go kill Gail because of this. No. But with great power comes great responsibility. And Gail is in a position where she is powerful. She's a powerful member of the media. And she spoke to CBS and told them, y'all put the wrong clip up, and I suggest you do something about it. CBS pulled that clip down immediately. Because it was like the interview was taken out of context. That wasn't the whole interview. Of course not. That's not all they were talking about. But I do think that Gail could have used a little bit of tact. Kobe Bryant was not convicted of sexual assault. He wasn't. 
I mean, we get mad at Kobe because he was arrogant. Well, again, I'm not against arrogance. Arrogance is belief in oneself. Man, you got to believe that you're the best. At, look, I don't know one basketball player that's not arrogant. When you own the court, that's a part of the culture. People come for you. I mean, when they, hit, when they dunk on you, when they're hitting jumpers in your face, it can become a little bit, mm. that's why I didn't play because I wasn't good enough. I'm like 6'2", and I couldn't dribble. I could dribble a tiny, tiny bit. But when you see them, them stars coming at you, you know, that little quick dude, and he coming to get the ball, and you trying to get the ball out your hand as quick as possible because you don't want to be the one accused of blowing the game, I get it. I wasn't mad at Kobe. I mean, I wasn't a Kobe fan. I was a Michael Jordan fan. I mean, MJ. And Kobe wanted to be MJ 2.0 and even talked like Mike. So, yeah, I got offended at that. But I wasn't mad at him. And then this whole thing, I mean, we still trying to get used to the fact that he's not here. I don't even know if there are any remains of him, his daughter, or those seven people that were on that helicopter. I mean, you go down in, in flames like that, they could have very well been incinerated. So there's nothing even to put in the ground if you wanted to. That's rough, man. And I think you have to be responsible in the media sometimes for saying what you say. So, Gail, you're going to feel it for a minute. And brothers like Snoop Dogg, they gonna, they're going to express themselves. And this is America. You got the right of freedom of speech. She, she, can, she has the right to say what she said, you know, even bringing up that line of questioning. But Kobe Bryant was not convicted of anything. It, it was, I think she could have used better tact. And sometimes you have to understand that the power that you wield. I mean, I got this on this little station on the outskirts of Chicago, way down the dial. But I can't just be on here spouting out garbage and jargon. I got to back my stuff up. I'm not responsible that way. And that's exactly how I want to approach this game. I don't ever want a person to say, well, Darian America said this. And he didn't even research it. Darian America said, no. Whatever I say is from the heart, it's from the mind, it's thought out. So as we're going back and forth, number one, let's be peaceful with it. I mean, yes, I understand you're going to express your opinion with volume, and you may even say some things that might be a little, little risque, but remember we're talking to each other. And conversation is what we need to have. Sometimes you have to say things out loud so they can be heard, so we can respond, and then we can fix what's going on with it. I think Gail chose a poor time for the questioning. And I've had a chance to listen to some members of the media. I listen to a lot of sports radio. And I kind of felt like they were, it was like a, a backhanded compliment to Gail and to Kobe's memory. Because some of the talking heads, they took the stance of, well, Gail is being a journalist. She's asking the hard-hitting questions. This is what journalists do. Look, man, you, you cannot use that as an excuse. I mean, she wasn't interviewing Lisa Leslie about Lisa Leslie. She was interviewing Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant. And she was talking about his legacy. I just don't believe that she needed to address that, especially the way she did. I mean, even with his the sexual accusation. And, and Lisa stood up. She was like, that's my friend. I don't think he did it. Well, he wasn't tried by a jury of his peers. And you're innocent until you're proven guilty. And I don't want to downplay that young lady that went through the, search, the, circum, the circumstances, situation. If she was abused, if she felt abused, my heart bleeds for her. We already understand that men are traditionally stronger 
and a person with Kobe Bryant's training. I mean, Kobe was a beast. So if he did do that to her, I don't mean, I wasn't there. None of us were there. Only Kobe and that young lady know exactly what happened. And maybe she was just being intimate with him and she, she regretted it. That's her prerogative. But to stain somebody's memory when they ain't even been put in the ground, we can't even put him in the ground. I do believe that he and, and the other individuals on that flight was incinerated. Just have a little tact. You know, what, looking at Facebook and the, the girl dads thing, and they were people were making jokes at it and really like making it a negative. I thought it was something negative when I first saw it. I didn't know it was about Kobe and his daughter until the ladies let me in on that. I mean, I'm a girl dad. I adore my daughter. She is freaking awesome. So, yeah, I, I got that, man. I, I mean, if you didn't get it, you, you, you can't have any, any feelings in your soul. When, is, when do we as a society take a step back and just stop? It is so easy to be negative. It is so easy to do all this nonsense. That man perished in a helicopter crash with his daughter. Have some tact. He can't answer none of these questions, these allegations. He can't stand up for himself. Just take a minute, breathe, stop, shake, let it go. Yeah, I didn't quote Aaron Rodgers this time. I'm not quoting him no more, man. Discount, double check. <laughs> I'm sick of him. But for real, though, take, just, just take a moment and breathe and just stop. You don't have to like, I'm not a fan of Harvey Weinstein. But if he went down in a helicopter with his daughter, I would feel a certain type of way. And I'm not about to stand back and go, that's where he get all them women. You know what? <laughs> Karma has a way of coming back on you anyway, whether you like it or not. You know, I, I go through a lot of trials and tribulations myself, and I'm like, it's probably for something that I did that I didn't get caught for or that I got away with, and I'm paying for it now. But still, we need to practice tact, y'all. Sometimes you got to just take a minute and, and be cool. So we're coming up on a break. When we come back... What state are we covering today? This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. If you'd like to call in, 877-711-5611. Let's go. Hi, I'm Darian D. Silk Sims, the host of the Darien America Show. And I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of the Darien America Show, which airs every Saturday from noon to 1 central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 1590 AM and 95.9 FM in the Chicagoland area. WCGORadio.com or watch the live feed at Facebook.com slash WCGORadio. The latest podcast episode becomes available every Sunday. You can find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to DarianAmerica at Hotmail.com. Okay, back to the show. We are covering the state of risk. Yeah, man, what's the biggest risk have you ever taken in your life? I did put this question out earlier to the Facebook faithfuls I call the Americanites. And a lot of the feedback I got was moving to another state. Yeah, so, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm choking. Um, a lot of people said that just that they picked up and they moved and they left their state, their home. They left all their friends and family behind and they settled in another state. Yeah, well, that's a big risk. Because if you go out there like that, it's you against the world. You on your own. And a lot of people that I know, they did that with their children. You know, so you're, you're kind of uprooting your kids. And, of course, kids, they like, 
I mean, they like the same thing. They don't want change like that. That's a big change. But if your children believe in you, then, well, they don't have a choice. You're feeding them. <laughs> but, yeah, that is a big risk. Also, <coughs> ooh, I'm choking. Let me get a little squig of this coffee. Mm. <clears throat> okay. One of my Facebook faithfuls, she said she had a baby. Well, we all, you know, I'm a parent. I'm like, well, that ain't a big risk, but she had a baby by herself. Yeah. So she actually went through the process of in vitro fertilization and she had a baby. And her daughter is phenomenally beautiful. She's incredible, very smart. You know, I mean, hey, she wanted to be a mother and she chose to do it by herself. Man, it's hard trying to take care of kids. I mean, I got twins and that's crazy hard to get two at one time. But to take care of one, it's rough. My son is living with me now and he's 18. It is rough trying to take care of him. So that is a risk. And you have to understand that once you take that risk, there's no backing up. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. I'm choking all of a sudden. You want to chime in, give me a call at 877-711-5611. What is the biggest risk you've taken? So we got moving away. I know a couple people that totally relocated to a whole nother state, and they went far away, so it's not like they can even come back on the weekends. They have to, like, plan and prepare in order to come. I mean, one of my friends, she drove to Texas with her family. I used to hate driving to Carbondale. That's five and a half hours, so I can only imagine getting on a road, packing up all your belongings and going all the way to Texas. That's crazy. I'd have tried to buy everything once I got there. Another one of my friends, this is kind of a moving thing too, but she was staying in a, I guess staying in a different city with her dad. And then she fought going back to live at home with mama when stuff got rough. So yeah, I can understand that. That's a, that's, that's a risk, but that's kind of <clears throat> low risk, high reward. But she stayed, and she's been successful in what she does, so I'm not mad at that. For me, my big risk was going back to school. Now, I have my bachelor's degree in cinematography, and my minor was theater. But for the past 20, well, 10, 15 years, I was working in security, customer service. And to go back to school for radio, television, internet, media, I mean... I probably should have did that in the first place, but I didn't want to be on the radio at the time. And that's when the radio was big. I mean, you had million-dollar contracts going out back then. So it's a total different game now. And the money is not the same because you got to look at all the ways, the platforms that we have now. You can, I mean, who doesn't have a podcast? You can get the software and find you a quiet space in your house and just talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. That's radio. You know, it's it's terrestrial radio. You know, you're saving it, and people can go back and replay it all the time. And I know back in the day there were times when I would wish that I could go back and hear some of the stuff that Doug Banks said. You know, some of the stuff that Crazy Howard McGee did in the mornings. I mean, I would love to be able to go back and hear that. Well, now you can hear it all the time because everybody's podcasting. But going back to school, it was definitely a risk for me because the money has changed and the positions have changed. You know. I went to an interview for Fox 32 News. I was going to be a sports producer. And they walked me around the studio, and they took me over to the cameras. Now, I just finished school where I learned how to run cameras. And she said to me, oh, well, you know, we don't use camera people anymore. These are automated cameras. <laughs> what? So I just went back to school and paid all this money, and you all don't even use a cameraman anymore. 
And then I said, well, you know, I am trained on the TriCaster, and I was proud. I puffed my chest out. I'm like, I know how to do TriCaster moves. <laughs> the lady pointed in the corner. She said, oh, that thing over there that's collecting dust that we don't use anymore? Well, I'm sure that's helpful and handy to you. I'm like, I didn't get this job. <laughs> I knew I didn't get the job where the two things I could do well, they don't even use anymore. I was like, well, can I have that TriCaster? She was like, hey, no, thanks for coming. <laughs> but the fact that I still went back to school for this, I want to be a part of this industry. And I'm good in front of the mic, which I think I'm good in front of the mic, but I'm good behind the mic. I can produce. I'm good in front of the camera. I mean, I got a face made for radio, television, but I can stand behind it. The point is, I want to do this because I've been told if you love what you do, then it's like you've never worked a day in your life. I'm trying to get there because I know from doing loss prevention, I didn't love that anymore. I was tired of being, ooh, tackling people for stuff that I didn't, well, I shouldn't say tackle because there's a no-touch policy at most stores now. You're not supposed to touch people, but sometimes I had to do what I had to do. But that wasn't fun for me. I didn't enjoy that. You know, I, I didn't enjoy when I apprehended a mother for stealing and... I had to send her to jail and she got six kids and they're waiting on her to come and pick them up from school. But she going to the station. Who's going to get those kids? And she had a trifling boyfriend. So he was terrible to her. He would come and get her car, drop her off and then take the car and be gone with it all day. But he ain't had no job. So why did he have her car? I digress. It, it was terrible. That's, I didn't want to do loss prevention anymore. It started to get to me spiritually that it just wasn't for me. I'm protecting other people's assets that are insured. But what about me? What happens if somebody take a liberty and try to get me? Or, you know, they, they want to get away. Nobody ever squared up with me to try to hurt me. But they did try to hurt me to get away. And that could be scary. You know, you got little kids to go home to. So when we come back, we're going to continue talking about risk. And I'm going to take a risk with my next topic. I mean, I feel like it's a risk. It may be. It may not be. But... I think it's a risk, and it's something that needs to be said out loud, and we do need to discuss it. Plus, I got seven famous people that took risk, and they made it. So they did some stuff, and they walked away, and these people are flourishing right now. So I am going to discuss them. This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. Be a part of the show, 877-711-5611. Let's go, y'all. Yes, this is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can always call in at area code 877-711-5611. Call and talk to your boy. Tell me what you're thinking. All right, so I was talking about risk. That's the state we're covering. And uh, the last risk I had for me was changing jobs. I mean, you have to really be ballsy to change a job i mean if you have the opportunity to versus being forced out <laughs> now some yeah i jumped out there and I, I changed jobs for a minute but i'm back so sometimes you take a risk it pays off sometimes it don't but there were other factors that went into that but i don't make excuses man i think that this was the place i was supposed to be anyway i shouldn't have taken that risk so soon but if it comes again and if it makes sense i don't have a problem taking that so <clears throat> seven famous people I found this at www.brit.co slash famous people career risk. And there's seven folks that they talked about on here. So the first one they said was Beyonce. 
when she went solo, when she left Destiny's Child. Well, I kind of think that was high risk, high reward anyway, because if you listen to Destiny's Child, I mean, it featured Beyonce. Her dad was the manager. Her mom was co-manager. I mean, the Knowles knew what they were doing, but I think that was set up and designed for Beyonce to go solo when it was time. I didn't think Beyonce was going to fail going solo, but you do think about a lot of people who did take that risk and they jumped out there. I mean, I think David Ruffin, if he had it all to do again, maybe he wouldn't have left the Temptations as soon as he did. But ain't nobody come to see Otis. It's about Dave Ruffin. But he was pretty successful. Dave had other demons that uh, bothered him. But I didn't think that Beyonce going solo was a big risk. She was going to be successful. Now, Elon Musk, the inventor of SpaceX and Tesla. Now, Elon made his money through PayPal. You know, he got a lot of money from PayPal, and that was pretty big. Man, I wish, I, you know, I used to be a part of the dot-com industry. You know, when they first came out, everybody had a dot-com, and they would give you all this stock. I, <laughs> I got stock as long as, as Scott's toilet paper, and that's exactly what it is right now because none of those companies survived. But Elon Musk took his money and invested in two companies, SpaceX and Tesla, and almost bankrupted himself trying to do those two companies. But they are doing well, and I know we saw the stock about Tesla recently. It was rising and then it fell, but ultimately, Elon rich. But that was a risk. When you take your own personal money and invest it in a company, that's pretty risky. Christine Barberich, she started Refinery29 Refinery after leaving Condi Nash. I'm not too familiar with her, but just from reading up on her, anytime you can leave a place where you made a lot of money at and you take your own money and you start making a lot of money, more money than you did, High risk, high reward. This is probably my most favorite person on this list. Sylvester Stallone. That's right. Rocky. Yo, hey, forget about it. Yeah. He wrote Rocky in four days. He was living in Hollywood. He had a child on the way and was not making any money. So he wrote Rocky, the screenplay Rocky, in four days. And his risk was... The studios were offering him millions for that script. Now, to be offered millions of dollars for something that hasn't even been created, just the fact that he wrote it, that's pretty good. An average guy would have took that money. I probably would have taken that money also. But he said the only way he was going to be a part or sell the script was if he got to star in it. That's rough, man. That's definitely risky. And he lost a lot of money in that process of it. but. Look at the reward at the end. How many Rockies has he made? <laughs> this man been making Rockies since the late 70s. And he made Rockies into the 2000s, including the Creed series. And it's going to be another Creed. So, <clears throat> high risk, high reward. Slash the loan, absolutely. We got Vera Wang. Now, I didn't know this about her. Vera Wang is a famous designer, but she actually skated in the 1968 Olympics. Well, that's before my time. I mean, I wasn't created then, but at the time after she did her career in the Olympics, she was trying to become the Vogue magazine editor, and they wouldn't give it to her. And she was fighting, trying to get that spot. So when they passed on her, she was like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to just go ahead and design some clothes then. And she went into design. And, of course, we know Vera Wang now. Her stuff is everywhere. So 
Vogue, you missed out. And that was definitely risque for her at the time. But she made it. And last and certainly not least, Bill Gates. Do you know he dropped out with two years in Harvard to create Microsoft? <laughs> I think about that all day long. What could I do that would impact the rest of the world? Not so much that he started Microsoft and he impacted just the people around him. He impacted the globe. Microsoft is in probably every home that has a home with electricity. If you are anywhere near a computer, if you even turn a computer on, even if you're using Apple products, they were based off of Microsoft. So Bill Gates, I mean, he knew what he was doing. He had something in line that he knew he could make, and he provided the world with something only he could, and the world jumped on it and rolled with it. So what kind of risk do you think of when you think about taking risk? Is it just to move? You know, is it, man, I'm going to go and take this trip. And I know my money ain't right, but I need to take this trip anyway. Or is your risk more of, man, that honey over there, she looking good. I need to try to get that number. Well, that could be a risk because you, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get until you get it. So, but, and speaking on risk and speaking on people getting, you know, having a lot of money and making it become something. I wanted to kind of touch it real briefly, and I'm probably not going to touch it as big as I wanted to. This show was only an hour, and it's really 45 minutes with the commercials included. But something that came across my feed, and I threw it out there. Reparations. The, I mean, I know it's kind of a, a hard transition, but it is a transition that it makes sense. I wanted to talk about that because it, it is a big deal. And in the city of Evanston, they're actually exploring how to pay these reparations. These are reparations from slavery. So after World War II, and I'll read it. I actually got this off the uh, NewYorkTimes.com. It's reparations for slavery. June 19th, 1865, a union general announced all slaves are free. And at that point, they were supposed to set up what was going to be done to help the slaves for being free. You know, once, hey, they were getting pulled off of the land that they were tending for the masters. And America was supposed to help them. Well, we all know how that turned out. And it got me to thinking, what is it that we should have for, for reparations? Should we even have reparations? So I just put this on my page a couple of days ago. And I said, reparations, yes or no? And it sparked some very interesting conversation. I think it's conversation that needs to be had anyway. I had two of my Facebook friends, and they're my friends in life, too. You know, I can pick up a phone and call either one of them. But one happened to be a white man, and one is an African-American man. And they're about the same age, and they were going back and forth at each other, really hitting each other kind of hard. I'm like, wow. Number one, we should be able to have these conversations out loud. And I think our society would go a whole lot better if we can just say certain things out loud and get it off your chest. You know, they didn't get into name-calling each other. They didn't get to that. But my one, my, my white friend didn't want reparations. He was like, no, what should you get reparations for? My black friend was like, well, why is he even on this post? He shouldn't be here. He's white. That's not how we're going to resolve this. We need to be able to converse with each other. I don't have a problem saying this out loud. I don't hate white people. And I know... Our history says that we, I mean, hey, it is what it is. 
my people were bought here through slavery. But the people of today, you know, why would I be mad at the people I walk around the station with? I mean, they didn't put me in slavery. I've never picked cotton before. And not looking at it like that, because trust and believe, my ancestors went through some, oh my God. Uncle Tom's Cabin, if you ever have a chance to watch that movie, I couldn't get past the first 15 minutes because that's probably the most realistic replication of what slavery was. But I do think that we need to address reparations and at least get to a point where we can say, okay, this is what's going to be done. This is what has been done. Can we move forward from it? It's 2020, y'all. And this 1865 is Juneteenth. We still fighting over this. Let's come up with some type of resolution. I'm running out of time. I probably should have started this earlier, but who says we can't come back to it? We need to have these discussions because I'm here to tell you, I don't want to continue to feel how I feel when I see the blue lights in my mirror. I don't know if reparations will fix that, but at least a conversation with white men and women and black men and women, and we can sit down and hash this stuff out because I don't want to keep carrying this with me for the rest of my life. I don't want my grandchildren to have to carry this. I want this resolved and we can be peaceful and move forward. It can happen, but it's going to take some work. My issue is with the old white men who are in charge. That's why I kind of bought up Eric Bieniemy at the beginning. These old white men who are running the NFL, they don't want to give black men an opportunity. They don't. But we'll save that for another day. And you've been listening to the Darien America Show, brought to you on WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. We air each and every Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. This is Darien America saying thank you for tuning in.